Hello there, I'm Chris Stashu. I'm Mike White. And this is Father Malone. And we are the hosts of Dreams for Sale, a podcast where we talk about the Twilight Zone 1985 and sometimes the other shows, but mostly 1985. On this episode, we are going to be talking about the first two episodes of the third season of the show. We are here quickly. The second season was half as long as every other season of the show. So we are here quicker than we would be otherwise. But we are going to be talking about two episodes of the show at once because now they don't do segments anymore. They only do 20-minute episodes. They changed it up on us. I don't know why, realistically, they changed it in the second season to something else, and then they didn't unchange it, and then they changed it again. Yeah, I think Father Malone, weren't you saying that it was to get to 100 episodes so they could syndicate faster? Exactly. I think they thought, uh, let's split the hour up into half-hour segments, and uh, and th- that will get us to syndication faster. And then when they realized that, um, like halfway through this season, they were just going to sort of cut it off and shuffle everything to the next season, um, they ended up putting a couple of episodes together just to get rid of them, just to burn them off uh, mm-hmm. before before the next season began. So yeah, that's why it kind of went to half hour, then to hour, then half hour, hour, and now we're back to half hour. And we will stay at half hour through the end of the show. So there you go. So yeah, from here on out, it is going to be two episodes of the show on every episode of our show because they're only 20 minutes long. So there you go. So on this episode, we're going to be looking at the curious case of Edgar Witherspoon and extra innings. One old man in a private world of irrational urgencies For Dr. Jeremy St. Clair, an all-too-common sight. But Edgar Witherspoon is a most uncommon old man, with a secret that reaches out to the four corners of the earth, as the good doctor is about to discover. So the curious case of Edgar Winterspoon, Witherspoon, Jay Giles Band, Edgar Winter Band... I don't know what they're going for here. I just kept saying the Edgar Winter Band. Um, The curious case of Edgar Witherspoon is directed by Rene Bonnier. It is written once again by J. Michael Straczynski and Haskell Barkin. It stars Harry Morgan as Edgar Witherspoon and Cedric Smith as the doctor called upon to take care of a crazy old man. Welcome to Canada, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bottle episode inside of a shitty set filled with things. Yeah, I think I think this is a gentle one. I think, uh-huh. it, you know, it... Uh, I, I I wasn't offended by it at all. Uh, I do want to mention one thing that uh, it, as bad as any of the American ones were, <laughs> I never saw the crew in the door, <laughs> the glass door, which is the first thing I noticed in this one. I was like, oh, wait, we're in Canada now, right? Aren't we? And then like it closes that door and there's the crew. I'm like, oh, boy, are we in Canada? Uh, yeah, I was so happy to see Harry Morgan. I was just like, whatever. Uh, just do whatever you want. Just give me Harry Morgan. I'm I'm fine with this. It reminded me of something else, and I can't really put my finger on it. But this whole idea of like, well, I guess it's very much like the butterfly effect, you know, and not not the shitty Ashton Kutcher film. I'm talking about the actual effect, as far as like, if I don't put this baby head in this particular place, then a tornado is going to come and wipe out Kansas City. So I'm like, okay, yeah. And yeah, it's crazy and he hears voices, but um, yeah, it kind of worked for me. I kind of enjoyed this one. <clears throat> I, I agree 100%. I, Harry Morgan's great. 
I didn't mind Cedric Smith. I felt the frustration of the daughter and the landlady and all these other people. They're just like, this guy's got a whole bunch of junk in his apartment. I'm like, okay, early hoarder. Yeah. Uh, you're right. And I, I did like this concept. I like this Rube Goldberg machine that's keeping the world together and someone tasked with doing that and, uh, you know, trying to find his replacement, which is kind of what the whole episode ends up being, which is very Twilight Zony. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, look, it didn't reinvent the wheel, but it wasn't it wasn't. Uh, God, I can't even think of the name of the episode. The last one. So bad. The girl, the girl I, I married. married. Yeah. yeah, man. It's leagues and bounds above that. Um, sure you know, look, J. Michael Straczynski is a good writer. And, I, you know, he's always come up with interesting concepts. He, You know, he went on to do that show Babylon 5, which I think is kind of wildly underrated as far as televised science fiction goes. So, uh, yeah, I like this episode quite a bit. Yeah, I think it's pretty interesting. I think it's fun. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it. Like y'all have echoed, I don't think it reinvents the wheel. Uh-huh. It does have a nice little twist. I mean, you could probably see the twist coming from ten miles away up in space, but but it's know. it's it's inelegantly shot. I yeah. mean, it's not, it's not well directed. Like this all feels like uh, not necessarily sets, but it's lit like television. Whereas uh-huh. I think in previous seasons they were trying to go for like at least a movie like quality in most of the episodes. Um, so that's my only, you know, real, uh, uh, sort of, uh, criticism of this particular episode is that, you know, it just felt like, you know, it's a TV show folks. It feels like they're filming in Toronto, which they yeah, are. Right. I feel so. like I could see James Woods walking by on the set of Videodrome in the background. <laughs> I mean, it's, that's, I mean, again, you know, it's when I think of Toronto, I think of, David Cronenberg filming a lot in Toronto. And that's, this has that kind of grungy, dirty, cheap, I guess, look to it. So yeah, there's not much to it. There's really not like, yeah, I I don't have much good to say or bad to say about it. I mean, ultimately it's my experience with this one has been positive. So, uh, you know, thumbs up, I guess, (laughs) but you know, it it didn't, it's not going to stay with me. No. I do like it ain't the no wordplay, baby. No, I do like the idea that there's just some dude who's keeping the world together with like all this shit in his house, though. And it's like a fun a, concept. And of course, nobody believes him. That's like always this whole thing is predicated on the lack of belief. And we're going to talk right. about that in the next segment. Big time. <sighs> but, you know, it's it's fun enough. It's not offensively stupid like the last one. Uh-huh. I think I, just, I think we would like this less if we hadn't seen such duds in the last episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's true. That's, you know, we're always comparing one to another. Like we did that over on uh, Chronicles of Script as well. It's like this one sucked because the last one was so good. Uh, right. I, I, I do agree that having watched uh, The Girl I Married and then this one, I was like, oh, well, this is a breath of fresh air. I, I don't I, I don't know that I would have rated it worse having seen that one. It's just kind of there. It's, you know, uh-huh. I do. The concept is solid. I love the idea of this guy, like, you know, putting little, you got a business card on you. Like this, the idea of him running around asking for bizarre things. Like it's a, it's a, interesting, but not so well constructed, I guess. Yeah. We want to move on. Is that all we got? To yeah, say man. Oh, yeah. Shit. All right. Yeah. So let's talk about the next episode. Extra innings. It's been said that the body is the means through which an athlete can best reveal the dynamic potential of the human spirit. But what happens when the means to that expression is injured beyond repair? Meet Ed Hamner, a once prominent player in the big leagues, a man who's never resolved himself to his fate as a non-participant. 
but who will soon be forced to bat in the Twilight Zone. So Extra Innings is directed by Douglas Jackson, written by Tom Palmer. It stars Mark Singer as Ed Hamner, a baseball player who has been injured, who wants to play baseball. A children's game that people don't make millions of dollars playing. Look, I mean, I'm glad that an episode like this gives us the most, like, vile, venal wife in television Twilight Zone that we've seen in a long time. Oof, boy, oh boy. You you like that? I like how I like how unrealistic she is. Oh, okay. (laughs) She does not exist on a plane of reality that is humanity. Let's just put it that way. Three notes for this episode, and one of them is this has one of my least favorite tropes, which is the nagging shrewish wife who's just there to drive our hero to his destination. Baseball is a children's game, sir. Children's game. I I actually don't disagree with her sentiment, but uh, (laughs) people can still get paid millions of dollars to do childish things. They absolutely can. But if you've been sidelined and you're sitting on the couch and she's paying all the bills. Yeah, I think. Yeah. His obsessive nature. I'm just like, dude, get a fucking grip, would you? Yeah. You know, like go work at a fucking uh, like a sports memorabilia shop. Yeah. Like do that. Careful of uh, OJ Simpson. Don't let him. Yeah. I I think the concept for this episode makes no sense on the face of it because he's an injured baseball player who has no money with an indiscriminate injury that he got while playing baseball, which means the team would have cut you. I guess it's been two years since he got injured, but he got injured in such a way that he is forever unable to play baseball, which I think we all need to point out here. Baseball is not the kind of sport where you get injured permanently unless you're a pitcher or you get hit in the face with a baseball. Or something happens to your leg. Right. Which is what maybe he slid into home too hard. (laughs) His leg. Ankle hippolytus. Fractured like bird bones. It's just, it it was unrealistic to me because the entire conceit is this man is so injured he can't do anything. Okay, sure. But then he takes a baseball to the face later in the episode. Like, (laughs) what? Remember when Mark Singer fought a bunch of lizard people on television every week, Mike? Yeah, I should. Wasn't that great? So much rem- better than this. <laughs> I remember when he traveled through time, even. <laughs> yes. I, kept, I kept waiting for that to happen. I was just like, where? Kodo and Kodo, where are you? Yes, hey, exactly. Hey, Father Malone, I'd like to point out to you, I have seen V. I'm not that young, sir. Uh, did you watch it weekly? No, and, because I wasn't alive. And we're hanging on every plot twist? No. <laughs> Fair. But I've right still there, seen fetus. it. <laughs> fetus. He called me a fetus. Well, he's not wrong. He is. Hey, really they were nice. Tigers fans, right? In this episode. Yeah, that was interesting. When when they uh, <laughs> broke out the Tigers, I was like, oh, okay, all right. I didn't mind this episode. Um, yeah. I. It was kind of like the one that we talked about last time. Um, well, I, that I made mention of the whole uh, piano episode. Um, it's like identical to it in a way. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, especially like, okay, how's he in that one? It was how is he going to what get to stay there? And right. in this one is how is he going to get to stay there? <laughs> Mike. Yeah. <laughs> At least in the other one, though, uh, which is a superior episode in every oh, way. Yes, 100%. Uh, and, and I just kept thinking about it the entire time and thinking, like, this is a poor imitation of it. Like, at least in that one, he had to figure out a way to stay there. This one was about this guy who has no possible uh, 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 way of continuing his career in our world. He has the worst wife in history. Sure, that kid likes him. But come on, here's a chance to actually stay forever. 
where is there even a question? Right. And it was very convenient for him to go back to this other time and suddenly be in uniform. And then even the girl that he brings back, she's in period appropriate dress. I was like, okay, I'm surprised that, uh, you know, they didn't have her go back and they're just like, well, young man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is what I was talking about when it, when it comes to these, the, the sort of writers later in this series where, you know, they have the idea and they want to kind of explore it, but they don't really they're not steeped in speculative fiction. So it like an, the twist is enough in their mind, not necessarily like a, a Twilight Zone twist, but as far as the MacGuffin to get the, the plot in motion, they're just like. And then, you know, because, you know, uh, fantasy stuff. Right. Like, right. That's what you guys like. It's like, you know, at, at one point, you know, Superman was able to do every thing that they would just go like well because he's superman like yeah now he can run through time and do all that you know during the 50s and 60s as far as the right that's what this feels like to me i don't again this is not an episode there's not much to dislike other than the fact that it's called the twilight zone and we've seen some greatness recently or not Uh recently but definitely in the past on this show and I, i don't know Mark Singer was good. That's the, <laughs> that's the positive yeah. thing I'll say. Mark Singer plays a very convincing and believable man who's down on his luck. Oh, yeah. 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 And he Speaking hangs out with of, a 14-year-old. Has anybody checked in with him lately? <laughs> What's Mark Singer up to these days? Yeah. I wonder. There's got to be a convention signing somewhere. Well, with COVID, I mean, these guys can't go to the conventions. They must Cameo, baby. Oh, there you go. He's just like, you know, call up the Beastmaster. Here I am. $25. How much do you think Mark Singer would go for in Cameo? Oh, he's got to be at least 35. <laughs> 35. Boy. I'll say, I'll say 15 if he's on there. Yeah, he might be. I don't know. My wife yesterday was like, hey, check out JoJo Siwa's on Cameo. And I was like, how much is she? $500. Jesus Christ. Fuck, dude. Just to be like, hey, happy birthday. What's their name again? Uh, uh, Barbara. Happy so birthday. Apparently he was in a Beauty and the Beast TV series, not the one with um, Ron Perlman, but a Beauty and the Beast. He was in Arrow, which I don't watch. And he was in the rebooted V. And apparently he's supposed to be in one coming out in 2021, probably in theaters only, called The Undertaker's Wife. Oh, definitely like a horror somewhere. film. Yeah. Well, if you if you want to be a true film fan, you have to go watch movies in the theater. Yeah. Why not risk your life for that? <laughs> well, at the end of the day, I'd rather watch Arrow on my TV than go to the movies. I went to the movies last night. Really? What'd yep. you see? Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, me too. Oh, no, no. Oh, get out of here. I love that movie. Anyway. My, uh, Good for you. The only reason I bring but, it up is you're that... You're outnumbered I, I, on this one, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. no that, that, that's fine. You both could be wrong. But uh, we're not. what I wanted to point we're out... far we, from wrong, sir. We were uh, uh, one of two couples in the theater, so I felt pretty secure. Oh, wow. Okay. Because now, you know... you when Scott when, Pilgrim, which yeah, makes me less secure. Who well, else would go see Scott Pilgrim in theaters? That movie's terrible. I disagree. On what grounds? <laughs> On uh, like uh, uh, as far as a bizarro movie that it kind of exists in its own universe, I'm I I like the movie more once I realized Scott Pilgrim is actually the villain of the piece. Um, But, you know, I I don't know. I just I think that movie's got style to burn and I love the soundtrack. I love the whole cast. So and I love the concept of uh, having to battle your uh, 
your uh, significant other's uh, exes. Like, uh, I think it's really solid. I, yeah. I'd like to watch it again with that idea of him being the villain. Cause he truly is. Yeah. I mean, he's such a piece of shit. Yeah. I would like to watch that movie without Michael Sarah in it. I mean, I well, don't mind Michael Sarah as an actor, especially what was that? The end or, or this is yeah. the end. This is the end. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. That was pretty great. <laughs> His best role is the one where he's in for three minutes. <laughs> yes. But, uh, you know, that, and speaking of Toronto, I mean, that movie is just such a love letter to Toronto. Sure is. That is, I, I mean, look, I, I love Edgar Wright, as I'm sure the three of us do, but that is the one movie of Edgar Wright's where the first time I saw it, I liked it. Every other time since I've been, meh, that's okay. Mm. Whatever. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't really like Hot Fuzz or uh, uh, World's End. Like, those movies do nothing for me. But, you like Shaun uh, of the Dead? Uh, well, yeah, I love Shaun of the Dead. Huh. Yeah. I love Hot Fuzz, but I do not like World's End, and I'm not a big fan of Baby Driver either. Oh, I like Baby Driver, then. I liked what he was doing with some of the music in Baby Driver, but yeah. it was just like, I don't know. I, I was just like kind of done with it after about half an hour. Wait, wait, oh, I, I'm, it kind of falls apart, but... To be fair, Mike, on my suggestion, I would say you should rewatch World's End. Hmm. I think Oh, it's that's good. right. You and I yeah. were talking about that. Yep. It is not good. I, I actually saw it about a year ago. Uh, okay, well that's fair. And, you... and it and it was a like I need to reevaluate this because mm-hmm. maybe I was in a mood or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. and I like I like a lot of it, but I don't think it hangs together ultimately. Hmm. I mean, I get it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't like it the first time I saw it, but I subsequent watchings I enjoy it a lot more. Kind of the reverse with Shaun of the Dead. I liked Shaun of the Dead for a long time, and then it's okay. It's not the strongest. Hot Fuzz is the strongest, without yeah. a doubt. I still... I, I have mean, much I, doubt there. I quote both of those movies, Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead, all the time. I mean, we're constantly, especially saying, sorry, Sean, very often. I <laughs> <laughs> no love catching them killers, eh? It's just mm-hmm. the one killer, actually. God. Um, but, you know, coming back to Twilight Zone. Must we? Must we. What is what is this show's obsession with telling these kinds of stories? This version of the show, because I don't think this is number two. Isn't this number three now? Wasn't there one other episode that was in this kind of fantasy fulfillment vein? I, I think what, there was right in the first. Wasn't season? there? A, the, wasn't there a, a Peter Riegert episode where he goes and visits himself oh, in his yeah. youth? That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, it was a Harlan Ellison one. Yeah, like I don't know. Every writer's got this. I want to go back to the past and live in a golden age kind of thing. Like uh, you know, unfortunately, they kept green lining poverty. Right. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> good lord. Uh, <laughs> Written by, by way, our good friend Alan Brennert. Yeah. By the way, well, King of the Schmaltz. <laughs> I don't see Mark Singer on cameo, but I do see Mark McGrath. So if you want Mark <laughs> McGrath. But could we just ask Mark McGrath to clarify if it's Sugar Ray or Sugar Gay? Oh, my God. Have you guys ever seen that? I saw that video. Yeah. <laughs> and it just goes on that. and on. <laughs> There's this guy heckling Mark McGrath outside of a club, calling him Sugar Gay over and over again. And wow. Mark McGrath gets I think so he just says it once, actually. Well, but he's like, yeah, he, but he, go, I mean, he yeah. says it once, and then Mark McGrath, who said that? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> he's like, say it in my fucking face. Say it to me. Like, say it to my face. Like, oh, Jesus, dude. Like, sugar. Wow. Sugar gay, bro. Sugar gay. Yeah, that's a long video, too. He excoriates that kid for a while. And it's like, wow. a, it's a straight up, like, teenager who just was fucking with Mark McGrath. <laughs> like, all right. As you do. 
But yeah, we should just be like, hey, Mark McGrath, could you say sugar gay? Do you know Mark <laughs> you, Singer? Do you know Mark Singer's number? <laughs> can you go on Cameo and get somebody to like, like surreptitiously like be interviewed, <laughs> you know, for your <laughs> podcast? Like, <sighs> send them like a list of questions. Like, here's what Cameo I want. Right. <laughs> That's a good question. Would they do that? They'd probably be like, no, you have to pay me more and be like, I'm not going to pay you, Kevin right. from The Office. I just say, paid you $90, Mark McGrath. Say the funny thing. Shut the fuck up and just send me my video. <laughs> Cameo blows my mind, though. Like, the fact that anyone is willing to pay, like, Mick Foley $300 to wish their friend a happy birthday is ingeniously idiotic at the heart of it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mark Singer should get into it. Yeah. He should. Well, he should. He'd fans, make $15. Man. Yeah. We should get into it. We should just post ourselves on Cameo. Yeah. Someone would take one of us up on the offer, and the person they would take the up on the offer is Mike White, not us. <laughs> Hi, I'm here from my movie basement. This is me, yeah, Mike White, wishing you a happy birthday. Who you are, I do not know, but you, you, yes, you, have a happy birthday. <laughs> you, all of you. <laughs> Which one of you? Have a happy birthday. <laughs> uh, you know, this is making me really want to finally sit down and watch A Man Called Sarge, because that's like the one... Uh, cameo or not cameo like uh parody movie from the 90s that i haven't seen and i really just need to sit down and watch it and mark singer's in it yeah oh and gary kroger oh, oh my god yeah it's an luminary yes <laughs> his name is needleman he's an oral surgeon <laughs> <laughs> don't worry lois i'll protect you he oh yeah, yeah. For, he was that on was the show great. for three years Oh, yeah. SNL? Yeah. Can, can we hope that this season's going to be better than the last one? Or is that hope going to be misguided, you think? We can hope. Yeah, I'm hoping as well. I you know. do not want to hope. <laughs> I... It is forbidden in these lands. <laughs> yeah. You have crossed yeah. over into a land of uh, sight and sound and terrible episodes. That is season three of The Twilight Zone. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, they've got some good guest stars in this season. You know, I see yeah. like... Eddie Albert, Louise Fletcher, Peter Scolari, who, you know, I think we all agree that he should have been the one that got famous, not Tom Hanks, you know. Totally. He was, he was carrying that show. Yeah, exactly. Whenever this, anyone says Scolari, all I can think is the Scolari brothers tried him for murder, gave him the chair. There you go. They came back, though. They did. Look, I, I think with this show, like, Chronicles from the Crypt, when we talk about Twilight Zone, people do remember these shows a lot more fondly than they actually exist. Oh, yeah. Because the good episodes are that good. Like, Shatterday, Wordplay, a lot of the good episodes are that good. But, yeah. man, everybody conveniently forgets about a lot of the really bad stuff. But they can't, you can't exist one without the other. You just can't. I mean, yeah, I mean, we've said this before. Like, you go back and watch the original Twilight Zone, it's rife with terrible episodes. Oh, yeah. But they were, you know, putting out like 40 episodes a season or something. So they they at least have that excuse of, you know, of just overexertion uh, here that, you know, we've got, you know, what, the 10, 12, 13 episodes the last season, you know, maybe a 20 something here. Like, come on. And, uh, you know, I was just looking ahead at some of the episodes coming up. It, it would seem I, I remember quite a few of them, but just as many I don't. But it does seem like it's going to be more of this. It's going to be less about shocking you or scaring you or mm -hmm. making you think and more about 
what if you wished for this and this came true? Like, come on, man. I don't have time for schmaltz in my life. Better make some time. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, so I'm going to talk about some more schmaltz next true. month. Pitched my wagon to the schmaltz train. <laughs> woo woo. <laughs> so speaking of the next episode, on the next episode of Dreams for Sale, we're going to be taking a look at The Crossing and The Hunters, both directed by Paul Lynch. Sure, we'll see. Could be good, could be bad. Probably bad. Maybe not. Who knows? Until then, Father Malone, where can people find you? You can find me over at fathermalone.com. I got links to all the stuff I do there, but you will find my podcast, Dark Destinations, which is a half-hour radio drama I put out almost monthly. What about you, Mike White? As always, you can find me over at the Projection Booth Podcast, which is available at projectionboothpodcast.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Christmas Claus and on the internet at cstashu.com. That's where you can find me. You can find this podcast on the internet at Twilight Zone 85 and at, uh, I forgot, Twilight Somewhere. Zone 85. Yeah. You can, find you can find it in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> exactly. And as always, big thanks to Roxy Drive and Neutron Dreams for the awesome music for this podcast. You can find them on the internet. Can you find them? Do we know? I'm sure you can. Sure. But who knows? Google them. Um, whatever you want. It's, boy, can't you? Yeah. Um, just go to that dark web. Oof. Yeah, boy. <laughs> And as always, make sure to join us on the next episode.